All right, man. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, who you are, what you drive, and where you drive it. Cool. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Elliot Bright. Uh, some might know me as Bright Slide on Instagram. Um, I drift a 2018 Mustang GT. That's a halfway street car, halfway comp car. Um, based out of Los Angeles. I'm from New York originally. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the skinny. Nice. Uh, you just you didn't you haven't been drifting for too long, but you got like heavily into it, right? How long have you so, been driving? I've, I've actually been drifting since like 2014. Ah, okay. Um, but I only started like drift week four was my test for myself to see all right am i actually decent should i get more serious and try to tandem hard with people mm -hmm. or should i like chalk this up to like once in a while hobby and i did really well on drift week four i grew a lot as a driver in a very short period of time there just kind of like putting myself out there more okay and then from from there i kind of decided to get more and more serious and start competing um and that was about a year ago nice so um because i remember i i think when i was running my car you had yours it was still mostly stock at the time at least it looked stock yeah and now it's yeah. a full-blown almost race car that you drive around the street yeah it's still actually pretty stock the the most like modified stuff about it is comp compliance, like safety prep, mm -hmm. like putting in the cage was, that was the big step away from streetcar because I lost all the creature like plastic comforts, but I still have like cruise control. I still have the stock steering wheel with the radio controls on it, nice. and, like Bluetooth calling, uh, Rome Charpentier did my cage and, uh, he did the he he gutted it for me too, uh, which was super nice of him. But I made a big deal. He always makes fun of me. Like I asked him to like keep, save the lights, like the interior lights and like certain plastic panels. I saved everything. Oh okay. Um, so it's still really stock. It's just got a ca big cage in it, fire suppression, all that stuff. Um, so in that way, it's it's not very stock. But the power plant is untouched really just oil pump gear to keep the engine happy headers and a flex fuel tune oh, okay so and then every, everything else is bolt on what kind of power are you making on that it probably makes around 500 to the wheels i've never dynoed it um but everybody else on the mustang like mustang community is just seems like everybody dynos their cars uh and they all do the same exact setup so from my market research Everybody with the same parts I have and the same kind of tune that I have makes around 500 to the wheels. Nice. Nice. That's always helpful. Uh, what do those things weigh stock? A lot. Um, it varies, I think, slightly year to year, but the manual is supposed to weigh about 36 or 3,700 pounds out of the factory. So I weigh about 200 pounds with me in it. It's thing is almost four four grand when i'm in it yeah plus the cage adds like what 60 to 80 pounds roughly so yeah the cage added some weight but i also like the stock seat i think those weigh like 60 to 80 pounds each and the nrg seats that i have probably weigh 
five to 10 pounds. So I think the savings of the seats and the insulation, like Rome said there was at least a hundred pounds of just like insulation and goo shit everywhere. Yeah. So I think between gutting it for the cage and then adding the cage back and some of the other parts I've added, it's probably about original weight again. That's not bad then. That's a, that's heavy. Yeah, it's a, heavy it's, it's a big girl. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. You feel that. it. Um, did you do intrusion bars on your cage? Yeah, it's a full FD spec cage. Oh, so okay. I've got any intrusion bars, the halos, everything is like to spec. Gotcha. That's part of why I went with Rome, number one, super affordable, super nice guy, but also best person to know the ins and outs of what is, you know, regulation compatible. Yeah, exactly. That's true, because he does build a lot of cages, from my understanding. Actually, quite a few people who have been on here, or just in the SoCal area, usually go to Rome for that. Yeah, he's the best. He's so fast, too. It took him longer to gut and remove shit out of my car than to do the cage. The cage, I think, was two days, and it was done. Nice. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, So... You did you compete in the hot pit last year? I did, yeah. Well, this year, uh, earlier oh, this yeah. year. Oh yeah, sorry, my, this last season matter. <clears throat> yeah, my first uh, competition was round two, I think, or round three, whatever was the second to last round in June. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a one more time against Gatsby, and then I then I lost uh, after that. And then I competed at the next round of Hot Pit, I think round three, which was in September. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, competed at uh, the Drift League. And then I won that first place, uh, taking out TJ Hunt in the finals. Was that their cash days thing? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Pretty bummed that it wasn't a licensing event, because that would have been a lot better. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Yeah, they. Uh, I don't even know what's happening with them. I hit Rathena up, but uh, she didn't. She's like, I'll have an update soon, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it seems like with drifting, everything kind of gets decided by like March. Yeah, and then drifting community is like its own worst enemy. So, yep. <laughs> just kind of see where it goes. Uh, are you going to be doing hot pit next year? That's the plan for sure. Um, I love the guys who help run it. I really like the vibe that's there. You know, I think me and Jeff and RJ really connected on the idea of how, like, you know, our partners, especially with Jeff, like dragging our partners to events for years and trying to make it something that's inclusive and exciting for people who maybe they're not a driver or they're not super into drifting, but they like cars or they appreciate good vibes. Yeah. Just have that. I think hot pit has done that really well. And I, you know, I, I had a, a great time competing, even though I didn't win. Um, and my fiance came out to one of the events and also had a great time, which she does not care about cars, let alone <laughs> drifting. So for her to have a good time was really special to me. That's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah, I see that they they threw Irwindale on the uh, the calendar this year, so that looks really fun. I'll 
definitely gonna go watch yeah. that one. I didn't. I didn't go last year. I didn't do shit last year for drift events. Gotcha. Yeah, but Arundel should be fun. Um, I hope that we get to do some fast stuff on the big wall. Uh, a little bit of talk about how much of that we'll do or not because it is pro am, so we don't want to like have guys with 200 horsepower struggling to get up on the wall and look bad. Yeah, so. I you, there was a guy uh, when I ran the drift league there. There was a guy Carlos. I can't remember his last name. He's been on the show before too. Um, he had a little. 8.6 Corolla that, and I think he only had like 240 to the wheels and he was on the bank. Yeah. Which you can is, do it. Yeah, it's it's doable, but it's definitely questionable. <laughs> you gotta be really sending it and on the right line, fully committed. Never yeah, exactly. Lifting. But that's good driving, you know? Yeah, I, I think Taka did it too in his Corolla, and that was probably like three, four hundred horsepower. That's not a whole lot. Well, that's also yeah. a much lighter car. It's also Taka. Yeah, he is insane. Have Have you driven with him? I've not driven with him, but I've you know I think a lot of the SoCal guys have met him and interacted and yeah, seen him drive. You know, at the track, uh, as just you know, some people it's like a second nature more than others and you know he's somebody who who has that yeah exactly well he's also been doing it for years yeah where do you got what is your plan for this upcoming season so i still have uh winter jam for this year uh which is a licensing shootout so depending on the outcome of that you know next year's plans will be different this way or that way um, but definitely going to be focusing on competing basically as a take home, whether it's more licensing events, if I don't get licensed at Sonoma or more cash outs and exhibition, more exciting events, stuff like that. Um, it just depends on, you know, when and where I get licensed. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also really want to do grid life horizon. That's pretty high on my list. I really like that vibe and there's just, I think it'd be a really cool thing to check off. I got to do grid life at Willow <laughs> this past year. Um, but doing the big one at like a big festival would be really cool. Um, I want to travel more kind of on my own for drifting. Um, I've done a little bit of that with drift week. Um, I did three, four, uh, four, five, and six uh -huh. part of five at least. And it's really cool getting to travel, do other tracks that you're not doing regularly. You know, I think that pushes you as a driver. It's fun because it's novel. Um, but doing drift week all the time is sometimes hard, especially financially. Yeah, I can and imagine. Like time away from work is really tough for me. Um, but being able to like send my car somewhere, fly out and meet it, go do a cool other track, and then like bounce back and like go do that again like in a couple of weeks or you know in a month somewhere else yeah i think that'd be really cool so trying to figure out how to do that um and then as far as the car uh it will probably it will need a refresh the body's getting a little bit uh beaten from all the comps so that'll happen next year mm -hmm. um and we also got a new sponsor added recently a supercharger sponsor nice uh torque torque storm so we'll be 
adding a few more ponies under the hood and get that sorted, work on fuel system, things like that. Um, but no plans to really change up much of the rest of the car. We've been running FDF since the beginning. Uh, they've done a great job taking care of me. So plan to continue with them and keep bashing. Um, yeah, they have great yeah. customer service too. Yeah, Josiah is one of the nicest humans that yeah, I've for, met in drifting. Yeah, he's he's a really good guy. Um, he's taken care of me several times for some stuff that I make for the car for some cars. And uh, when something's wrong or if something comes out of the shop bad, he's like, "It's on its way." Yeah, like with the correct when he corrects things. So that's the good thing. Yeah. People make mistakes, but you know, some people don't yeah. correct them. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's good to admit that you're human. Yeah, that he's very open about that. He's been on like other podcasts I've heard him on, um, like the Piston Head Productions podcast. And I remember they were talking about that. And like you're gonna make mistakes no matter what you do. Right. Uh, how was Drift Week Six? I saw you were posting some uh, content, but I know you guys are limited to what you can post, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we're not like I don't think we're limited to what we can post. I mean, during uh, the events. Yeah, they it's just so busy. They've mm-hmm. got so much going on all the time. I'd say, like, Drift Week 6 was the busiest that I've been on a Drift Week. I didn't do, like, Drift Week 5, I really just did one weekend at E-Town. Oh, but, okay. Like, Drift, Drift Week 4, I felt like there was more downtime. Not that there was too much of it, um, and not that there wasn't enough of it on this trip, just kind of the comparison every day, every minute I felt like I was doing something, whether it was like going to see something with the boys, like we did NASA one day and like we did a, a club tour another night and like nine days of drive, 10 days actually of driving. Uh, Cause it was a bonus track that some of us found. So um, my little group, uh, my like primary little core group for the trip was uh Fielding, uh, Shredder, and Ben Hobson uh, was like the three of us, and then like we bounced in and out of like Luke and Fink uh, family house uh, with some of the other Aussies and New Zealand guys like Guy, um, and then we had like Max and Budnick in, in the house for a minute. Uh, we had who else was in the house? Um, I forget, but there's so many. We had Jamal, who's like kind of a Texas uh, Lone Star local original. Mm-hmm. That was cool. It's kind of fun being with guys that like know the territory. Yeah. Um, like Drift Week 4, I was kind of like part of that. Um, it was interesting being the outsider and then hat, like, but being along for the ride with the guys who know the area. Um, bunch of cool Canadians. This guy named Joe, who started drifting, like, three or four months ago and has like sick ass cars and drives great, super nice guy and his crew. Um, uh, there's this guy fucking Ryan and Lucas, another couple of Canadians, hilarious dudes, just like good vibes, hilarious. One of them had, they had the same like trailer set up on the back of their, uh, their car that I've got. Uh-huh. on my Mustang so I super dug that they were fun to hang with met a couple other guys that were from Long Island from New York uh, 
Koi and Ducky that I'd never known before. And they're like from the same place in the world that I am from. And we met in Texas nice. drifting. So that was cool. Um, and yeah, Max, like I, I, I met him on Drift Week 4, but he's like from E-Town, started drifting at the same place I started, which is cool. This guy, Rudnick, who's from Long Island also. So it was really cool, like meeting new people or getting to know people that I have met better trip while also driving a fuck ton and also getting to drive way faster. That was my, like, socially my favorite thing, I guess, was just getting to get to know Ben and Fielding better, Mm. grow as bros, and then meeting more people from around the world and getting to know some people that I knew a little bit better. And then, like, driving-wise, my favorite thing, besides the immense amount of seat time, was just, like, fast tracks. Like, three out of the four, three out of, like, the six tracks or seven tracks with the bonus that we went to were 100-mile-plus entry speeds. Oh, wow. You know, and that's, that is fun. I miss, like, SoCal, I feel like we have a lot of slow kind of tracks that are fun, but, like, you're not entering at 100. No. Know, let alone one. 120. Irwindale, you're close. You're close, yeah, but it's different. You know, you're yeah. in a bowl. You're not. You you know, there's a wall there. You're playing it different. There's a bank pushing you down. Yeah, that's um, true. How it was probably the wildest track, just because it was it was also blind. So you're initiating. You throw you throw a right up a crest, and it looks like the way you're throwing it, you're like I'm going off on the grass but it actually widens. The turn widens as you pass that apex. So to hit that turn right, you're literally throwing yourself what looks like off track at 120 or 100 on that turn. And then you're balling through. Then you can like see one turn ahead. You do that. And then you're booking it again down a straight at 120. And then you do the same thing, but to the left. And it's like nuts. Absolutely nuts. And then... Did you feel the you had track, to... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, the, the other track that I liked a lot was uh, MSR Houston, which, like, some of the videos I posted uh, were with, like, those crazy trains where me and Fielding uh, burst past each other in, like, a four-train uh, tandem. At, and that, that one of those courses there was sick. Like, you're 120-plus, you're and for me, that's shifting third to, like, Top of third is like 120. Mm-hmm. I'm shifting to fourth, gaining speed for another couple of seconds. So like at least 125, 130. And then clutch kicking in fourth at 120 to initiate drift, carry that speed, accelerating for a, in, into the turn, and then weight transfer, and then just like scrub, scrub speed with angle, downshift to third, still going 100 throttle down, push through the turn at like at least still 60 to 80 by the time you're done with the turn. Damn. Absolutely insane. Sounds fun. <laughs> um, what would you say that you've had to, you had to change on like the faster uh, tracks? Did you have to change anything like with your setup or uh, your driving in particular? Nothing changed. Or you just drove faster? Mm-hmm. Just drive faster, more throttle, 
less handbrake, more like, I don't know, kind of like you do have to plan farther ahead, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you have more time to plan ahead because the turns are longer. Okay. So the, like the, it's not typical, right? Like it, you can't go fast if it's a short turn. It has to be a long turn to go fast. Yeah. You know, so you're planning ahead, but you're also sitting there longer. Where like EVS, you're like, you're going right and you're going left. You're going right and you're going, you know, like you got, there's not a lot of time to like think and look ahead. You just kind of got to go. Um, where these longer turns, you can, you can look or think ahead. Mm. So that's kind of nice. But I don't really change shit on my car. I'm not like one of those guys that like swaps out like, anything for a different track you know like i just i think it's easier to modify yourself than the car that's fair so I and easier <laughs> yeah i a mean lot a, a lot good at it, a lot less know. work yeah well it does make you a, i would argue and say it would make it makes you a better driver because you're able to adapt your driving as opposed to you having to change your car up because you know the, the new track is a little faster or slightly different than the last 100 percent. i think it's a you know, some people end up crutching themselves by changing too much too often, just in general. That's fair. And especially if you're like, oh, this track like needs slightly more wheel speed, but uh -huh. I'm not carrying enough wheel speed into the turn to use this gear. Let me just drop it, you know, drop my final drive. And like at the highest level and whatever, like I get it. Fine. Do whatever you need to do to win. But like, I don't know. People do that all the time. I think it's silly, you know, like just learn to drive it faster or better so that you can use more wheel speed and use that gear is kind of my perspective on that situation that seems to come up a lot in drifting. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Uh, I think I'm guilty of one of those people that changes something and then now I'm having problems. Yeah, so. I, I've done it. I've, I did that, you know, for when I had my kind of early on when I got my FDF set up, I changed, because <clears throat> they have all the different like Ackerman settings. I, I set it up once for reverse Ackerman just to see what that's like. Um, absolutely hated it. Absolutely hated oh, it. Really? What, what would you, how could you describe how the car made the car feel? It, it did improve. Like, like I don't know if like, I'm just, stupid and saying this but it felt like an improved side bite kind of where like the car preferred to be sideways more mm -hmm. um but it also made it slower and it didn't want to save you from like it would almost cause like you to over rotate and it would cause you to float out more mm -hmm. where i'm used to like you know and i think most people are with you know regular positive Ackerman or parallel where you press on the gas, the car should dive in, should drive forward, should push away from stuff where with that reverse Ackerman setup, it's like almost like even when you just throttle down, it's almost like a clutch kick where it's trying to, you know, push out or like your left foot braking all the time, which is useful, but I'd rather decide <laughs> when the car does that. Um, where with this, it, it almost felt like you had to drive with less uh, input in the steering 
to achieve the same drift, which was, I don't know, it was just a weird thing for me where the car wanted to be more sideways slower. And I want to be, I still want to be gangster sideways, but I want to be having to pedal out of it to stay from spinning or hitting a wall. I want to be on throttle where this was like not rewarding that as much. Ah, okay. I gotcha. More, basically more throttle commitment. Is what you prefer? prefer Yeah. I prefer to drive out of the turn than drive along the turn. That makes sense. Uh, What do you have for the rear setup? Is that all stock back there? Um, Everything FDF that's in the catalog. So camber Hmm. arm, uh, toe arm, uh, vertical link. I think that's it. And then BC coilovers all around. It's still the divorce setup in the rear. Mm -hmm. Um, To my knowledge, it's only JTP that makes um, a publicly available like true coilover conversion for the rear. Um, but I kind of like to just have one brand if I can, instead of being Frankenstein. Uh, and I don't really think that I'm at the level where I would make any benefit by having more travel in the rear on his setup versus a divorce setup. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Maybe one day FDS and us will figure out our own version of it but for now this is working really well yeah i had to do something similar like that to my car because they would only make a divorce setup um but feel ended up making a true coilover yeah but you can convert um like the beast or whoever makes coilovers for the car you can convert them to like the true coilover setup but just a lot of uh a lot of r and r yeah the arms on the back of the car on the must, I mean everything on the Mustang is huge, but the like rear lower control arm is a fucking. I mean it's the size of my torso almost. This thing is huge. Oh really? Yeah, it's tremendous. Uh, what other cars have you? You said you were driving since 2014. Uh, what other what other vehicles have you drifted in? So my the first car I started like fucking around with, like before I even consider like my start of drifting. Mm-hmm. was uh, an RX-8 that I had in college that I would just, like, fuck around with here and there. And that's kind of what started, I guess, like, the interest in, like, me actually driving. Um, and then I hated that car because it would go, it went through apex seals and ignition coils. It was just, like, a murderous car for mm-hmm. a year, and I got rid of it. And then, uh, anyways, I got... I bought myself an FRS or leased an FRS as my present to myself for getting into grad school because uh, I knew I wanted to like get back into a rear-wheel drive car. I wanted to get into drifting and be more serious about it. But I was like, I need something dependable to get to class on time, and I need something affordable that I can pay, you know, somehow or another on my student loans. Yeah. So at least FRS was great. I had actually been following the ft1 concept car for a long time and i was super pissed when it wasn't a supra <laughs> so and they made the frs i was like all right this still looks cool it's rear wheel drive it's cheap yeah it's a six speed so that was the first kind of car that i started taking it not like serious but like started actually going to the track and like learning what to do i took that car to e-town 
three months after I started the lease, right after I broke in the engine and did the first oil change. Um, and then I had that car for a while. I went through a couple of different power setups. Uh, it was great supercharged. It was terrible uh, with a turbo and then it was a pain in the ass. And then I bought uh, an M3, a four-door uh, M3 after I had moved out here. I had a coupe actually, E36, uh, 323 in New York that somebody gifted me, uh, a coworker before I moved here. And then never did anything with it, just kind of fucked around on the street and stuff and mm -hmm. like here and there. And then decided not to build an East Coast car because the Mustang is a hungry girl. Yeah. Uh, and then I gifted that car actually to one of my best friends uh, as a wedding gift and like engagement gift. I was like, I'm good for a while though, dude. Like that's your 30th birthday. That's your wedding. That's your engagement. Don't ask me for fucking presents for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's building it slowly. And then I bought another E36 out here. It was a M3 four door. Took that to the track a few times. I liked it a lot, but it wasn't super exciting. Like, I don't know. It just didn't have the FRS had a sharpness to it for me that I enjoyed a lot. You know, you can change directions so quickly, whether it's drift or grip. And mm -hmm. I like that. The E36, not slow to rotate, but it's not as fast as the FRS was not as crisp and snappy and like almost too easy to drive. Like the self steering in E36 is absolutely perfect. It's like boring almost to me. So, uh, sold that car actually made a profit on it cause they started to like really climb up when I had bought it. Mm -hmm. And then I got the Mustang when I got tired of fixing the FRS and broke it again and was like, fuck this thing. So I got my Mustang. I had been looking to get like a, a V8 car because I was like, I don't want to be chasing power anymore like I had been in the FRS, which made it a terrible car. And I got the Mustang, bought it new, three miles on it in San Francisco, drove her back down to LA. And then uh, a month or two later, I was on the track, breaking it, uh, finishing off the break-in period. And uh, actually, that's when I met Taka the first time, which was funny. I always remember him remarking how he thought it was funny that I had a Japanese car on the East Coast, and then I moved closer to Japan and California, and I bought the most American car possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, And then that's basically it. I, I had another FRS that I bought. It was kind of just like a commuter that I thought I would turn into a drift car. Mm -hmm. And then like to try to make, you know, like a seat time, more affordable car. Yeah. Cause the Mustang's a little hungry on tire budget. And I took it out a couple, like once or twice. I was like, wow, this is boring. Like the Mustang has so much more character and drift because it's such a long body car. So heavy. It yeah. wants big angle where the FRS is uh, so light and nimble, but it does not really want to be at a big angle. It kind of wants to be more shallow, like a Corvette or something like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, it would you say the the Mustang drives uh, like a nimble car? Or you can tell it's a big car. You can. It's not. It's not nimble, 
but it's not not nimble. Okay. Like it's not it's not as lazy as some people think or say. Um, the way that I put it to people when that like I let friends drive it is like, don't think it's going to be slow to rotate. Don't think it's going to be slow to do anything. Just plan your steps and your inputs a second earlier. You want to change directions? Plan that step a little bit earlier. Put in the input a little earlier. But you will just when it starts to transition, if anything, it's faster. Like mm-hmm. there must there's a lot of guys who are like JTP, Chelsea, Vaughn. There's like literally all the Mustang Pro drivers are known to be aggressive and flick snappy transitions. Yeah, That's yeah, fair. it's because that long chassis loads up real nice, and you can throw that like kinetic energy over real fast. With a short car, you can't do that. The input is quick because it doesn't take a whole lot to change that inertia mm-hmm. but there's also not that much inertia there to throw yeah so uh you mentioned uh pro spec and licensing earlier is that your goal to get into pro spec for sure i think okay. just you know i've got like a a thirst to elevate the level of driving at all times like everything i do is like i'm not competitive but I enjoy being good at stuff and I enjoy pushing things further and further. And I think that's part of competition. Yeah. Even if it's like you're, you're competing with yourself to see how far you can get. Yeah, exactly. I also want to, I also want to, you know, push people's shit in. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's, uh, that always looks like fun too. Um, with, uh, with the winter jam, I know that it's supposed to be a licensing series, but I think the rules are different this year. So it's only like one license per 16. Sure. I don't know if it's qualified drivers or registered drivers. I want to say it's qualified. I think, yeah, so it is. Apparently it's one license per 16, but it also doesn't matter how many come to this one. It's going to be just one license is what was told to us. Ah, um, uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I've heard so many mixed things about it lately, and I haven't been doing the podcast anymore, so I don't get any information anymore. Gotcha. So I was still wondering too. I'm still in the dark about it. Um, is that this coming weekend, Winter Jam? Uh, yes. Okay. Seventeenth, eighteenth. Nice. And uh, you're going out there with uh, Margaritis? Yeah, Margaritis will be up there. We were just talking about trying to uh, caravan up together because we're kind of not far from each other. Oh, okay. Um, cool. My buddy uh, Jake Gonzalez, or Jake Slides on Instagram, lives super close to me. Um, so me, him, my buddy Brady, or BV Drift, are going to be in an RV together. And then we got our buddy Ian, uh, supposed to crew uh, for me for comp. And then Laura, who uh, arose, who does a lot of uh, media for other people, will be uh, in our RV. And then a couple other buddies, uh, Brian and Gab, are supposed to come. So that's like my little RV group. Mm-hmm. I think Mar- Margaritas was calling because he was trying to figure out his own situation for that. Gotcha. Uh, for like his family and friends. But a bunch of like SoCal people are going up. Alex who drives the orange Mustang that 
uh, competes around with with me too. Oh, I think um, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Fiera, and then well, uh, Eric, the 360 captain, the HP Chasers Richards uh, crew chief. Oh yeah, the he one actually, that made Sports Center. Yeah, that's crazy. So actually, he'll be driving the same car that Rich won his license at Winter Jam last year, and then took on to Prospect this past year. So pretty cool. Uh, nice. Monster of a car, monster of a driver. So definitely looking forward to seeing him in the finals. <laughs> that's the C6, right? Yeah, yeah. Not sure if it's going to be boosted or not for this weekend. Oh, but gotcha. I know it has the potential to make like six or 700 horsepower, which will be a pain in the butt. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, uh, the big horsepower guys. I don't understand how they can afford to keep tires on them. Even though my dumbass just ordered yeah. a nitrous kit. Or yeah. I, just, I just got one, rather. I didn't order one. The power is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't need it. It's just it's you want it. It's like why not? It's like, fun. It's yeah, fun. that's what it is. <laughs> I always wanted to have the little button too, just so I can use it like they did in Fast and the Furious. But apparently, I'm not oh, supposed yeah. to. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it's all tuned. You know? Yeah, now you're killing my fucking just... Fast and Furious dreams. Yeah, but <laughs> the buttons now are for the verbal tunes. Ah. Uh... <laughs> That's I, what that is. Yeah, I have a, uh, I have another car, a base model, basically, and it basically has a burble tune on. It doesn't have a burble tune, but I just changed the exhaust, and it does it now. Yeah. All I did was rip off, like, the, uh, basically the catback system, and I straight-piped it and threw a muffler at the end, and now it snap, what crackles, pops. It? Uh, it's a CTS. It's just a base model, like a V6 yeah, version. I got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But now it's a... I feel like... I feel like all the American cars do it a little bit just out of the box. They do. And if you have a V8 and you put glass packs on it, it really does it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My C- a daily is C7, and it's 100% stock. It's a base. It's not even an exciting model. And it fucking it, gargles. You can hear it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's definitely an LS thing. Uh, yeah. Fuck. I lost my train. I thought I was about to ask you about something about the Mustang. Um. Oh, the the uh yeah, it was about the the torque storm. Do they make the bolt-on kit for your vehicle? Yeah, they do. Uh, so they they do a they do Century style superchargers, which is the style that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one of those on my FRS. It was amazing. I think it's the best of you know both worlds. You get more power as you go up in the RPMs, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you've got some more power and torque down low. It's extremely linear. It's it's like driving. It's almost like driving a NASCAR that's tuned very well, very early in in its power band, um, mm-hmm. or a really just you know a high strung uh, NA car where it's extremely linear. So I enjoy that power delivery. It's not like it's not the exciting drama of like a 2J with a big single turbo trying to like like kill you at the top, you know. Yeah, but that's I know hard exactly. To drive. Yeah, I don't that's love true. that feeling either. That when that power comes in like that, like with a turbo car with a bunch of lag yeah. on it, it's not my favorite thing. I, 
I I enjoy it in like a grip car. Like uh-huh. if you're doing like slip racing, I think that's very exciting. Uh-huh. But for drifting, absolutely a nightmare. Absolutely a nightmare, dude. Yeah, it's... dude, driving with a light switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, I I only driven once when I was a kid, and I just it wasn't for me. I was like, I don't like this. Uh, I did recently yeah. drive a supercharger car though, and I was like, I. I'm not going to buy one. I want one, but I'm not going to spend the money because nitrous is yeah. so much cheaper. Yeah. I consider doing NOS as well, but the like consumable cost of like buying the, uh, yeah, the it's... bottles. I was like, I'm just going to, you know, and then I just, I just kind of looked around for who wanted to do business. And, um, I was actually put on to torque storm by, uh, John Schaefer. Yep. He runs their stuff. Uh, so I checked out. I was like, "Oh look, they just released a kit," and I just like bombarded their Instagram page. It was like, get all my friends to like comment my tag on their their first post about the Mustang, and nice. just, like just just tag me. Just tell these people that I need one. And then next day, we're gonna, they responded to my message. They're like, "We like what you're doing. Send us an email." Like, so nice. So, yeah, but they make a full bolt on. They make a bolt on kit. Um, it's kind of like a tuner kit where it comes with everything minus uh, charge piping and intercooler. So, but it makes it a more affordable kit. You can get their kit for like four grand or thirty nine hundred bucks. Um, and then if you're pretty, you know, if you're decently handy or you know have access to you know a sh- like a parts store, you can kind of put together your own intercooler and charge piping setup and for a whole lot less. Yeah, for a sure. A lot of the other brands. Um, so there haven't been. It's a pretty new kit. There's not a whole lot of other drivers like results to go off of. But the one that I've seen that they had tuned uh, through one of their, you know, shop cars or employee cars made like mid six hundreds, which is pretty decent. Yeah, that's great. But, yeah, and I think they were only running seven pounds of boost instead of the full ten because they had a vacuum leak that they didn't realize till after. So mm. I'm just planning to not have a vacuum leak <laughs> and uh, maybe shoot for that 700 number. I think that'll be very That'd sweet. be pretty bitching. Then you'll really be going through tires. Yeah. What, uh, what tire have you been running, if you don't mind me asking? So, at, like at Hot Pit, you know, GT Radial helps out quite a bit. Okay. Um, so the deal is just too good to pass on on that when I drive uh, hot pit. Mm-hmm. But I really love Valino. Valino is number one favorite tire for grip, longevity, and the guys like you know Ian is a is a great guy. Mike is a great guy. Cameron is a great guy, um, and they're always on drift week helping out, making that trip you know extra special. Nice. And uh, so I really like. I think if I could pick, you know, if I had to pick one tire to use for the rest of my life, it'd probably just be them because um, they're so grippy and they last so long for me. Um, but I like I like Acelera is another brand I enjoy. Um, I think Valino and Acelera are probably my favorite too. GT's up there because they're super affordable and they're, you know, they're prospect tire. So yeah. I think it's important to be familiar with that tire. Um, but if I can pull an advantage from having extra sticky icky, I'm, I'm going to do it. So 
I'm hearing rumors that Kenda's going to be going to FD, but I haven't confirmed any of it yet. That'd be cool, I guess. I drove Kenda a long time ago. Uh-huh. Um, before I really even, I think it was before I had big angles on the car. And it was cool. Those tires definitely lasted a long time, but the grip was not enough i think for the level that i'm driving at now yeah my recollection they're kind of in the same category as like a federal for grip wise for me which like it makes me sad to say because federal was the first like new tire that i would drift on back in the day you know yeah uh they were like a you know i think they're one of the first to make a drift branded tire kind of but they just don't do it you know yeah tend to laugh forever but they're they're in that that tier of grip there's a give and take with them that's fair that's Mm -hmm. fair to say ed if you're listening to this i don't i don't mean it if you're trying to give me tires (laughs) for this season (laughs) i actually uh i just got some today uh nice mine came today actually trying to get geared up for next year because i have not been driving the past two years gotcha yeah that's a long that's a big itch it is. It is. Um, I mean, if anybody wants to give me free tires, listen, they'll suddenly, they will, you know, buy the powers invested in me. They will be number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, exactly. I'll make them work. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it worked for me. Uh, I think, um, where's, what day is the competition for Winter Jam? Is it Sunday or is it Saturday? Comp is Sunday, yeah. Practice is Saturday. Gotcha. There's also a team tandem like competition. I think that's on Saturday, but I will not be doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's been a. I think uh, I for some reason I got Winter Jam and uh, Winter Bash mixed up. For some reason I thought that that they were doing Winter Bash, the one that happens at uh over here in uh, at Willow Springs. Hmm. No. Have you ever been to that one? No, I haven't heard of that. Oh, really? Oh, shit. No, yeah. Who's close that? Uh, Just Drift. But they're oh. not, they haven't really. They're kind of not active. Uh-uh. I don't know what happened, but they just, uh, they haven't been active in a while. I think since like 2020. Yeah. Well, they do All-Star Bash, right? Yes. I think that's I the one I was to... talking about. I'm an idiot. Yep. <laughs> It was fucking all star bash. Not no wonder why you haven't heard of Winter Bash. (laughs) (laughs) I went to All Star Bash the last one, uh, and I think it's currently the last one, and there's no plan for the next one. And uh, it's kind of a bummer because when I first moved out here, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, you gotta go to All Star Bash!" Oh, like it's the the great big thing, you know. And then like I finally went, and everyone was like, "Oh, this was like not that big this year." Oh, I don't even know if they're gonna do it next year. Oh, I was like. Well, fuck! What the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, I think the last big one was like in 2020, maybe 2019. Yeah, I think that RJ was, was DJing actually. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, but it's been a minute since they've had anything. I think the last one they did was I think you were at the same event. Um, they did a horse thief mile. Yeah, uh, Charlie's car went up in fire. Oh, it was the one before the event before that one. I do remember that one too, though. Uh, damn, yeah. Sorry, that was his car that went that blew up or caught on fire. Yeah, yeah, that was sad. Yeah, yeah, seriously, dude. 
Uh, I would fucking die if my car caught on fire. Uh, the uh, circling back to the the Jeff Lee Cash days. Um, how'd that go for you? I know you won, but that was your first win. Uh, in yeah. comp. Okay. Yeah, first first uh, win for the whole comp. I've won like one other battle before, mm-hmm. uh, but that was the first one to go all the way, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it went, it went solid. I, I owe a lot to my crew and friends. Uh, Ian uh, was the one doing uh, crew for me that day uh, and kind of also spotting for me. I actually... This was my it was my third competition ever, and I had utilized a different formula of spotter at each one, um, and I think that I've learned I don't actually like having a spotter almost. Uh-huh. I like having very minimal notes because I get like I'd be the first to tell you like. I don't, I don't believe, I don't find myself very bright. I don't think I'm the smartest bulb in the room at all. Uh, I need things simple and concise. And Ian was great at just getting me very concise, you know, feedback on stuff and did a great job of like keeping me cool, reminding me to just have fun. And I kind of treated it more like a fun day. Gotcha. Uh, I, I really don't like Apple Valley Speedway all that much because it's slow and like you just bomb it, you bomb in with a lot of speed and then you're going like 10 miles an hour for like, you know, half a track. Yeah. I don't like that. It's high wheel speed, low, but you're not going very yeah. fast. You're speeding up, slowing down, speeding up, slowing down. Yeah, it you makes just, you work. You basically just burn tires there. Yeah. The, the tire wear now is actually great since they repaved it. Oh, really? But oh, great. It makes you work so hard, and it's good. You grow as a driver doing that, but it's just not as much fun for me. So I went into it with, like, absolutely no expectation. I was literally, and, like, I realized at the last event, or I had a thought of, like, you know, I usually drive blasting music. I was like, why do I turn my music off when I'm competing? I was like, it totally, like, I've noticed it, like, messes with my my mind a little bit mm-hmm. i like psych myself out and think about stuff too much rather than just trying to have fun so i was like all right for this one i'm just gonna keep blasting music like i'm not turning the radio off at all yeah like i'll stop hearing it when i'm like zoned in and like my throttle is down you know other yep. than that i want to hear my music just let it play so i did that i was even running my ac like during the battles because the <laughs> car makes plenty of power and i I did mean to turn it off for my battle with TJ because, like, I was I started to get kind of like serious and a little in my head then. Yeah. I literally I, I looked down at the at the radio stack. And my fucking AC was blowing like half half mast, both lead and follow with with TJ. <laughs> so, I think my, you know, was, I treated it like a super chill fun day. I had a super chill and fun day, and. I think it came through in my driving and my team really helped me. You know, I had uh, my buddy Dan and my buddy Jake were there competing as well. So it was really fun having like the brotherly comp thing going. Yeah. Um, and I got good drivers to, to drive with. I don't 
I didn't have anybody who was scary to chase, uh, which was cool. I met a really uh, cool guy. I forget what his I forget what his real name is, but drifting or drifty by nature. He like lives in an RV toy hauler with his family and his drift car. Oh yeah, they travel I, the country. I've had him on here too. I know you're talking about. Dude is super cool. Just like drives this plain, stock, simple white E36. Yep. Nice as fucking hell. So polite. And he was my first battle. And I was like, it was just funny. Like, we had talks during the day. Like, never met this guy before. Never seen him before. No idea who he is. Didn't know he lived in an RV with his drift car or traveled the country. No idea. Just saw him taking notes on himself a little bit or whatever and like watching other drivers and i was like yo you look fast as hell dude like you've got like the slowest car here but you're you are moving fast yeah and you are driving it quickly i was like but i and i tried to give him some notes or whatever because i was like i feel like you're not confident enough in yourself on this part of the turn i was like you're doing it better than everybody do more of that don't slow yourself down do more of that and then he did and it was working out and then we got to it was just funny it was my first battle um but it was weird because he being the slowest car like I, I bought these like super nice i bought the valino rs's which are like 140 or 160 treadwear like they're so sticky i have to run my tires i have to run those at like 37 psi cold oh, i wow. run I run GT radial 300 treadwares at eight cold. So the, 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 a massive amount of grip difference. Crazy. Yeah. That's pretty um, wild. <laughs> yeah. So I had him first as my, as a, to, to chase him. I was like, man, fuck, I have to take a ton of grip out of this car. Like I've not been driving it like this all day. Um, so I put different tires on, bump the p- tire pressure on. And oddly enough, I felt like he was the hardest person to keep up with of all my battles because I took so much grip out of the car and he's a fast driver. Mm-hmm. So I was like playing catch up in places where I wasn't playing catch up with others, which was quite interesting. Lee, I was still able to like gap him and just like the muscle of the car helped me a lot, which was fun. But I put, put the car in the right places and came together. My next battle, I think, was Jay Caputo, who is an older gentleman who drives a supercharged, actually a Century style, I believe, uh, 350Z. And he had, like, crashed that earlier that morning, uh-huh. and it just seemed like he was either uncomfortable in the car and set up or, like, they didn't fix it perfectly for him, and he was just kind of struggling. So that not much to say about that battle. Yeah. And then... I had, I always say her name wrong. I think it was Zendera. I think I always say Zendaya, but I think it's Zendera. She, it's ironic too that I battled her and Taco was a judge at, at that event, which was super cool for me because Taco was like the first real prominent person that I met on the West Coast drifting. Just like I went to a test and tune day mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, that's fucking Taco. Like I remember seeing him after late night tsunami when I was a child. Like he's standing there. And I got to have some words with him. And then he was teaching that day and it was that girl. Oh, the girl in the Z, right? Yeah. Okay, I know you're talking about. 
she was there that first day. He was, she was a student of his that day. And I was like, fu- you know, fucking around doing my test and tune and they're doing their lessons and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just very ironic to me that the first comp I win, both him and her are there. And I battled her. Um, her battle was, I think, the most <coughs> interesting for me and different. Like, we, we drove very differently. Um, she, like, she, like, drives, like, super style. Just, like, gangster. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, gangster angle everywhere. Like, uh-huh. Slightly. Super aggressive style. Yeah. Which okay. I think I think that hurt her because, and that was something I had tried to work on over, like, the past year is, like, all right, I like driving with a lot of style and being a gangster, but driving with your dick only gets you so far. You kind of have to, like, think about like the turn and like be fast yeah otherwise you're gonna you're gonna fuck yourself correct and i feel like she drove with so much style that it made it easier for me to just like suck up on her and like get close so um that that was that battle and then tj was great honestly like i feel bad I, i mean this in the nicest way possible but was honestly probably the easiest battle of the day because he's so smooth and he was on the perfect line like he missed the first outer zone pretty bad uh-huh. but he was still pretty close to it and his car is so small that like you know all those z's it was funny i had three fucking z's in the same day killed <laughs> all of them but uh he was just like you know in the right spot or close enough to the right spot that it made it really easy for me to be in the right spot behind him um and he was still decently fast. Like, I was still definitely checking up a lot, but it was fast enough where I didn't have to so much where it fucked me. Yeah. Um, was, yeah. What would you say? Are, would you say with your big car that the smaller cars are harder to chase? Or you don't have that issue? Uh, I don't know. They're, it's not that... The thing that's tough with the big, heavier car is that it's, it doesn't like to, it's harder to get out of a hole. So like smaller, lighter, more quick to change rotation cars, I think can make a mistake and get out of it faster mm-hmm. where, you know, and when you're chasing, it's I think a lot easier to make a mistake because you're, you're trying to mirror the lead car. And if they do something a little different than you, you're more likely to make a mistake or if they surprise you, you might, you know, you might cause a kerfuffle. And uh, because you're heavier, if that if that's going to happen, it's going to be harder for you to fix that error. So I think for that reason, it's sometimes harder to chase as the bigger car. Hmm. Who's, uh, have you had any like controversial battles? We were like, no, no, fuck you, I won. But the judges called it the other way. Uh, I would, I mean, I would argue respectfully. I mean, judging is judging. I, I always talk to judges and tell them how, like, I do not envy the job at all because it is so hard to make those decisions and calls. Um, you know, and ultimately it is their perspective and their judgment. But I disagreed with... Uh, 
I just feel like a brat saying it, but like almost every decision at hot pit that I was rendered by the judges. <laughs> so um, who I, are their judges at hot pit? Uh, they actually had an FD judge at the last round. And then I think Jeff was one of the judges. And then, um, man, he's going to fucking roast me for this, not remembering his name. I, it's, I'm getting like, I'm like having a stroke because I don't want him to be pissed at me. But <laughs> Tim, not, it's not Tim. He runs uh, Adams a lot. He does like, he'll run grid at Adams a lot. I forgot his name. Jim? Robert? I don't think so. Rob? Such a nice guy. Oh. No. I wouldn't. Not Rob. I wouldn't, I wouldn't label <laughs> Rob as a nice guy. I like him, but. Yeah. <laughs> I know some people yeah. aren't his that fans. Dude hates I, think he, I think he doesn't like a lot of people. He hates me. Oh. I didn't that know. That guy does not. Yeah, that guy does not like me. <laughs> um, but no, there's another guy that was judging. Uh, super nice guy. Uh, known, him, known him for a little while. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it became apparent to me, and I think it's true even at FD and a lot of like comps. Um, and I tried to be mindful of this at uh, Drift League. Is it like they want to see you drive clean? Like aggression is, is good. But not if it's not clean. Yeah, not it if you're sloppy be, about it. It has to be polished. Mm, and that's fair. like, I I hit the wall every single lead in in judged competition at Hot Pit. Every single lead, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the in the first uh, the second round of Hot Pit, where I lost to Gatsby after the one more time. I feel like those wall hits were pretty tasteful and didn't really upset the car very much, but I was also less locked to my angle. You know, he kind of set it and forget it. He was slower. He was outside. He wasn't in the zones, but he was smoother. I was in the right zones. I was more aggressive, but I was also less smooth. So I understand that's a preference. I got it. I didn't get that. Um, and then I actually lost to Alex, the other Mustang driver that I mentioned, uh, as a at round three, uh, which is funny because the night before I beat him in the callout battle uh, that we did with each other, uh, where the drivers were the voters, uh, like oh, the okay. judges, and I I won un- unanimously. Literally every single driver came to my side. I it was it was bad. Um, but it was a great, I, I thought it was a fun battle. We both played it very respectfully. We both literally gapped each other, but I filled the zones better. Um, and I was a little bit more sucked on and in like a couple sections. Gotcha. And then it was kind of the same thing in, in comp the, the next day. But again, I hit the wall and it definitely unsettled the car a little bit. I didn't fall out of drift, but almost out of drift and was kind of like made that zone a point A to point B instead of a, you know, a fill through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he fell out of drift and chase there. And it, the rest of the run was kind of garbage for, for both of us, I guess, in that way. I feel, I still hit the zones. It just wasn't very smooth looking. And he did not fill any of the zones uh, on his lead. 
So that's where I feel like it was a little bit of an odd call mm -hmm. because uh, line, I think, was the highest point value there. And I think generally speaking in drifting and judged competition, line really always is the deciding factor other than proximity. And yeah. I felt like I felt like my proximity was better um, throughout the course. Um, and then I was also in the zones better. So it's just fluidity, you know, they want to see, and I understand that because they're trying to grow a brand and faith and fans and spectators are much more sensitive to fluidity and how smooth something looks, how natural something looks than they are to like, Oh, was he between those cones? Oh, was he like, you know, more marginally closer to the other guy? Yeah. Unless you're like stomping on somebody in proximity or you're like way off of the zone, it seems like, you know, spectators, casual spectators don't sense that as much as they might sense fluidity and cleanliness. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my feeling. How do I think that hitting walls is cool, but hey, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I smacked the wall at Irwindale, so. Yeah. Uh, how do those call-out battles work with a hot pit? Is that just like like a friendly competition type situation? Yeah, yeah. They try, they try to like, you know, gas it up a little bit and make it a little bit dramatic or whatever. Daniel and RJ's was funny. They, they had a little Instagram thing going back and forth that was fun to observe. Um, but me and Alex, actually, it's funny, you know, like, Alex and I are almost like, I think we're, we're really just friends, but we behave a little bit like frenemies sometimes. Yeah. We're, you know, we're the, we're the only two with S550s drifting in SoCal, and um, I think we're both a little bit animated at times, and uh, the cars are loud and, you know, physically, uh, appearance-wise and sound-wise. So, and we've got different setups. We have very different, like, parts that we've added to the cars. So it's quite interesting, but... We I called out Forrest Wang, didn't get a response. Uh, that actually led to some conflict between me and uh, Rob. He said some things that I didn't appreciate. Um, but me and Forrest had driven together on uh, Drift Week Four, uh -huh. so the whole idea was like, oh, call out somebody that like will be like a dramatic like call out, right? Like make it exciting. I was like, great. Forrest only chased me on Drift Week Four. He owes me a lead. So I like made a post, made a story, and was like, "Hey, you're, I heard you're coming a uh, hot pit round, whatever. You owe me a lead run. Let's let's settle it on a call out battle." Yeah. And they're like hundred dollar minimum or whatever, and I was like, "That's cool. Like I got I got that." I was like, uh, "Somebody was like, oh, it's got to be a lot more than a hundred bucks for Forrest to come out." I was like, "All right, put five hundred bucks on it." I was like, "Where <laughs> you at, baby?" And they're like, oh, "I don't know." I was like, "All right, put a G on it." Where you at, buddy? Let's go. And then, like, he didn't he didn't come out to the event because of other things. He had other, what are obligations and driving stuff. But yeah. at the time, it was thought that he was going to come out again. So then, so that didn't happen. And then Alex uh, called out, ironically, TJ Hunt because uh, they battled, I think, a previous round and uh, or at a previous event. And uh, Alex wanted another shot at him. He felt like you know he had grown as a driver. Gotcha. Uh, where he could do better. And he, he definitely, you know, he had. He's, he's grown a lot um, in the past year 
that he's been driving that car too. Gotcha. So, and it showed it showed in in our battle and comp and even in the call out, he's getting you know much more comfortable, much more aggressive in the car. That's always good to see. Uh, yeah, I noticed he was getting a lot of seat time this year. Uh, I noticed a lot of people were getting a lot of seat time this fucking year. Jesus, <laughs> man. Yeah. I get jealous. Yeah, when you're taking a break, everyone looks like they're having the best time. They are, even though they're still crying themselves to sleep at night because they break something every weekend. <laughs> you yep, don't realize how yep. much you miss it. Um, yep. but you gotta get a Mustang, dude. They don't break shit. Not happening. Wood, I'll but... fucking die before I do that. <laughs> Why do you say that? You don't like Mustangs? I'm a Chevy guy. I'm, I'm like I'm a oh. like uh, born and raised Chevy. Come from a Chevy family. Gotcha. So, so put an LS in it. It's okay. No, I'll, I'll keep my Cadillac. <laughs> it runs. It's almost done. It, it's almost ready to hit the road again. I just need to finish. I, I ordered the wrong fucking flange for my diff. And that's pretty much what's holding it up. I don't need the nitrous system up and running. I don't really... That, yeah. That'll come when it comes. That's for fun. Yeah, exactly. That's my little... A little cherry on top for this year that I'll probably yeah. use twice and be like, I don't want to refill this bottle every fucking time. Especially yeah. since yeah, it's, it's like 75 I'm bucks. A lazy, yeah, I'm a lazy person. I would like fill it like once and be like, yeah, fuck this shit, dude. I, <laughs> I it, luckily, there's a refill spot like five minutes from my house, so I'm not too concerned with it because I live in San Gabriel. So there's one in Omani. Mm-hmm. But no, I... I probably gonna do it once or twice and be like yep that's for competition only yeah alrighty man uh, I think I'm gonna call it there uh, thank you for coming on the podcast how can people find you so Instagram is the, the best spot it's just uh, bright slide underscore drift um, I did start a YouTube channel I have posted a whopping one video Sick. which talks about the car setup you know, um, presently, like, no, you know, November, December, uh, 2022, mm. um, it'll change a little bit, but yeah, that's like kind of a, how to set up your car. If you're trying to set it up like me video, I've made it cause people ask like, Oh, what do you have for this? Oh, what do you have for that? Now I just, I'm going to just send you a link. And watch <laughs> the video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I get that a lot too, especially with people who are kind of like new to it. They're like, what do you have done to this and that? And I'm yeah. like, it's a lot, man. You're gonna ask. You need to ask specific questions. Yep. Just what? copy and paste. Like it's in this video. Yeah, I promise. Exactly. Alrighty, so, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. You have a good night, sir. Thank you. Thank you All for right. having me. Hopefully, see you at an event soon with your caddy. Yep. Should be. All right, man. Take it easy. Right. Bye bye. Peace.